Good afternoon or morning, or maybe it's late at night and you've tuned in to this podcast. It's Mindful Conversations with Matt and Rob. Yes, welcome. And we have have a guest uh, with us that has been here before. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Ashley. Thanks, guys. It's always fun bringing back people to the podcast. I have fond memories of what we talked about, and I don't remember what we talked about. Um, I think it was on family systems and or parenting. Yes, it was. It was family family systems, parenting. And I think all of our listeners who listen to that are still parenting, and they're still dealing with family systems issues. Oh, definitely. It's not going to go away. Nope. And maybe today's topic will help with that a little bit. Times that you feel happiness or sadness and maybe joy or maybe none of these things, but you're seeking after it. Today's topic, Dr. Rob? Is the difference between happiness and pleasure. Ah, happiness and pleasure. Yeah, I'm not sure that we make a good distinction. Okay. I think you this, feel like talking about it. I do, especially on the pleasure piece. Your wife just brought me three pieces of dark chocolate, and I'm definitely happy right now. It was pleasurable because I, I like dark chocolate. She well, gave me chocolate and peanut butter. So, right, right. Oh, I didn't get anything. Well, things that bring pleasure. Okay, so guys, what are some of the? What's the short list on things that bring pleasure for you? I think pleasure has to do with the senses. You know, it's an experience. Um, So I think I would say that pleasure for me could be as simple as going for a walk and listening to the birds. I'm experiencing the sun, uh, the wind, the sound of the birds. Um, You know, or it could be eating a good meal. I like do food. those things do you do you particularly find pleasure in those things like having a good meal? Oh, I do, especially with family and friends around. That okay. to me, but that's that's part of the sense the senses, you know, it involves all five senses. So you're with family that you love. Yes, that you that you enjoy being with. Yep. And then you enjoy having food with them. Yep. Does the food matter? No. So really, I could put anything in front of you, and as long as you're with your people, you're experiencing pleasure. There's only one thing I I wouldn't experience pleasure, and that would be a a delicacy in a different culture. I I don't want to eat that particular animal. Like a cow tongue or something? No, it was guinea pig. Yeah, I I didn't like guinea pig. Oh, yeah. Ashley, how about you? What what comes to mind right off the bat that you would say, hmm, pleasure? Music. Mm. Even just the song you just played, I had never heard of that particular artist. And there has always, for me, been something about music that can just sink me into a different place. I can be as upset, sad, angry. I remember even as a teen when I got upset, once I got my license, my coping skill was to just go drive mm. and listen to music. So that for me, it's always been that. It used to be food, I'll be honest, but ever since all the food sensitivities and allergies, figuring it out now, but. You're, you have to manage more of your food stuff yeah. now because of the food allergies. Right. But I mean, I've been at dinners with family or friends, especially now that 
you know, my family is reintegrating after COVID and I sometimes don't even eat. It's just being around people mm-hmm. again, especially as an extrovert. I feel like I got a lot of making up time to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yesterday, today is Sunday, the 24th. Yesterday was the first day in the 80s. Yes. Give it up, Michigan. <laughs> wow, we finally got to some warm temperatures. And next week it snows again. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, but, we've talked about this. The S word is not allowed. Oh, my bad. Sorry. But we have a, we have a, we've been in our house for 28 years and we have a screened in front porch. It faces the east. And it was warm enough this morning after yesterday's beautiful day. We cleaned up the porch. We have a dining room table, a little sitting area. And we had dinner last night. And I'm also with Rob. I like food. But if I'm with people I love, it doesn't matter. I, I can yeah. be with people or I love food. And I made um, what the recipe called street tacos. Oh, yeah. I don't know the difference between street versus regular tacos. All I know is I grilled halibut just for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like a dad joke. <laughs> bad dad jokes. You can find your volume on Amazon.com. Oh, boy. So, so, no, I grilled halibut. And then I here's what I do. I, I take the corn tortilla and well my wife will will saute it in a little bit of oil mm-hmm. and gets it kind of kind of like yeah like sauteed and then I add cheese and cover it and it melts and then I put the halibut I put the like we we chose cabbage cooked cabbage with um, carrots and then guacamole and then a little bit of taco sauce and it was in Spanish rice and it was super good it sounds good. I mean, you're drooling, Rob, right down here. I know. I said it. Food is pleasurable for me. Fixing food, actually. Actually, specifically, fixing food for other people is very pleasurable for me. Dinner's at Matt's house. I'm not <laughs> cooking tonight. <laughs> we'll go right after this, Ash. I agree. I do. I need to have you guys over, especially on the front porch. Um, so pleasure. And then um, do you think pleasure is important to the human experience? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But where I would differ is I don't think it should be the primary pursuit or the sum total of the human experience. Elaborate. Pleasure is fleeting. It, it, It lasts as long as the dinner, assuming you don't get into a political debate with family or friends or something like that. So... It's designed in my mind to be more transient and temporary where happiness and joy are more substantial, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think, and we've talked about it on this podcast more than once, the brain doesn't make good distinction. And so in our culture, I see the pursuit of happiness, confusing it with pleasure as responsible for a lot of pain and suffering. Okay, say that again. I see happiness and confusing happiness with pleasure as responsible for a lot of pain and suffering. In other words, we say to each other, I just want you to be happy. I just want you to be happy. Mm -hmm. And frequently, I think that's more about pleasure than happiness. Happiness to me is connected to purpose uh, happiness and joy are connected to um, caring and compassion and values of helping, you know, 
um, when I know my purpose and I function in it, that's when I experience true happiness, not when I'm pursuing pleasure. If that makes sense. Interesting distinction. So if I have purpose in life, so Ashley, can you think as you're hearing Rob, are you connecting with what he's saying? I am, but I feel like it's raising more questions. Um, and you both know my brain is very structural. Yeah. I think of things. And so I hear him and I agree because I think people do confuse happiness and pleasure. But then I think we further confuse happiness and joy. And so as I'm listening to Rob speak, I honestly, in my head, I was thinking, amen. Um, but at the same time, I'm wondering, okay, but then there's happiness, but then there's joy. You know, and I just keep thinking of just some of the scripture that says, like, consider it pure joy, my brothers, because I feel like that is even a different distinction from happiness. Oh, that could be. And that, and I personally am not saying there is an overlap or there can't be some type of, um, you know, diluting of one with the other. But if I were to go with what you're suggesting, I personally think of joy is a quiet satisfaction, right? And before the podcast, you and I were talking and we had an opportunity to talk to educators about trauma. Mm -hmm. And Ashley and I were talking, man, and she she did a great job of putting together this um, PowerPoint slide, really kind of last minute. And, you know, she's, she's a busy professional and a mom. And I'm busy with um, the center and things that are going on. So we we did talk about it. We brainstormed about it. Um, we knew our audience, all the things that you would hope. But at the end of the day, when it came time to, de- to make that delivery, it was really rather seamless for her and I. We're friends. I know I have an understanding of how she operates and thinks, and I trust her, and I feel that's reciprocal. Mm-hmm. So as we were going through this, even though we may or may not be invited back, I felt this quiet joy, this quiet satisfaction that this is really fun to work on a project with somebody that I care about and respect. That is the joy that I took in that context. So to your point, it's like, yeah, I have no problem if you want to tease out joy and happiness the brain i think will have a harder time making a distinction of that because of the way we experience it but what got me thinking in terms of this podcast was really i've had now a especially in the last few weeks people justifying or rationalizing pretty toxic and dysfunctional behaviors in the name of happiness mm-hmm Without giving names, could you give an example um, of a situation you may have been in? That Yeah, uh, there was a situation, you know, how we work with families and couples frequently. It's like um, a rationalization of separating or deteriorating the marital relationship in the pursuit of personal happiness. You know, I have a right to be happy, therefore I can go out and seek any pleasure I want to. Well, that to me is a confusion. You're not pursuing happiness, you're pursuing pleasure. Mm -hmm. Is that, did I answer the question? 
Yeah, I, I would say as we just have this conversation, one thing that I'm wanting our listeners to track with in their own mind is they're becoming mindful of what pleasure or happiness or joy is for them is is where am I finding it? Yeah. I don't think it's something that we'd necessarily think about. Um, I think as I study addiction, because as a therapist, addiction is a big part of what we see. Mm-hmm. And addiction doesn't have to be heavy-duty narcotic addiction. It can be just addictive patterns of behavior. Netflix. Netflix, yeah, the digital dilemma that series that we just did. But I think ultimately when, for example, pornography is a common topic that I deal with with my clientele, it's just in our world. Sorry to bust your bubble out there if, if, yeah. if, if, if that's news to you. But what I have found is typically I find people treating pain with the substance. Right. And so they may or may not have eyes on that pain. And so they are looking for pleasure for the moment. Yeah, it's the antidote towards, or it's the antidote to pain. To pain. And so we do we do live in pain. So let's go back to your, your thought about, hey, the grass is greener. My wife or my spouse isn't pleasing me. I'm not happy. I'm going to end the 22-year marriage. I'm going to go, you know, engage this relationship now. I'm going to be happier. And in the wake of all that, I have a lot of destruction, If there, especially if there's kids. Yeah. Is that kind of where you were going? Yes, it is. Because it's... it's we're, treating, we're treating pain, but we're choosing the wrong way. It's a pseudo antidote. It's always pseudo. Right. That's you know, a great way of articulating just it. Just as Rob said, like, it's not an actual solution to the pain. It covers it up. It's a pseudo antidote mm-hmm. to it. And to, again, lots of times on our podcast, we reference things that, you know, the the theology of pain and suffering. We live on a broken planet. Um, it's very difficult if you don't have eyes to see. Mm-hmm what is happening around you, you're going to take the bait of a false, you know, the bait of, hey, this is going to make you happy. Yeah. And we usually do that in isolation. We make decisions in isolation. And ultimately the thing that promises, I I used to be a personal trainer, you know, physical personal trainer. So I got my degree in kinesiology way back in the day. And I would work with my clients and I would see this pattern you know, I would work with people who are wanting to, to lose weight. I would always see it as a desire to help them become healthier, like choose healthier patterns of behavior and become healthier. Don't focus on losing weight. If you practice the right behavior, you'll become more lean. Like if you stop eating all the wrong stuff, your body will acclimate, right? But the, the common theme was, you know, the I was going to have one cookie, and then where I was going to have one scoop of ice cream. And by the end of the evening, the whole sleeve, the whole packet of cookies was gone. And the whole half gallon of ice cream was gone. Right. On the front side, the promise was have a cookie, have, a, have some ice cream. You'll feel better. And then you couldn't stop and you would eat the whole thing. And guess what's on the other side? Shame, condemnation, self-hatred. Why do I keep doing this? So it's a vicious cycle. 
I think that's a great metaphor. It involves the issue of control and pain. So we are not focusing on the element, dynamic, whatever you want to call it, emotion that will actually help us. There's nothing wrong with pleasure. That's not my point. But to yours, it's like if I don't recognize that this pleasure is going to carry with it, if I'm out of control, a a severe negative consequence. And on the front side, the facade is, I, I just have a right to be happy. I have a right to be happy. Go, Ashley's okay. like, let me go, let me go. No, and so there's a couple of different things, but since Rob just said this right to be happy, I've been wrestling with this, and I'm not picking on your guys' age, although we do that often here. Um, I'm just owning that, you know, being a wee bit younger than the two of you. <laughs> Matt's giving me a look for all the listeners. Um, I... I myself have been wrestling with this because just this idea of I deserve to be happy is this idea of entitlement. Mm -hmm. Like, do we, do we really deserve it? You know, and I just, I just really wrestle with that because I even see my own pride at times when I get ticked off with my husband and I can say that because, well, he and I joked the other night, he goes, I like you a lot most of the time. Yeah. You know, and Mm -hmm. I think that was a, pivotal moment in how I saw my own marriage, especially com- coming from two different cultures, mm-hmm. you know, was, wait a minute, I've got some serious pride in this sense of he should be making me happy. Yes. And, you know, it was a marriage, I can't even tell you which marriage book it was, you guys, because I read the first three pages and I was like, oh, and it was this moment of, we're not entitled to anything, really. You know, we don't deserve that pleasure or that happiness per se, but so much of especially our American culture, I think of almost um, just these seeds of entitlement that get interwoven into our everyday lives of, well, I deserve that or I don't deserve this. And yeah, there are some times where that is true, but just that sense of entitlement that, well, I deserve to always be happy. We live in a broken world. I don't know if you two know that. But I don't know that we necessarily. Rob doesn't. I don't. <laughs> I as soon I as I said sunshine, that, <laughs> sunshine and roses, cotton candy, I, unicorns, rainbows, really? and skittles, Ooh. baby. That's hey. You know, but I just think entitlement needs to be part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. It does because I think I'm not to your point entitled to happiness. I am entitled to health. Yes. Right. And happy. It's a good way of putting that. Uh, and happiness that is connected to intentionality, to purpose, to um, compassion or caring about others, to kindness, to those kind of dynamics that I kind of sum up with purpose. It's like, no, what you're really entitled to in your marriage is health. Mm-hmm. And to the degree that happiness comes with that, that purpose, um, I'm collaborating with my spouse, we're journeying on this broken planet together, and it's kind of, you know, it sounds cliche-ish, but it's kind of like us against the world. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing is almost the opposite of that. I'm entitled to be happy. You're not making me happy, so I break up our friendship. 
Yeah, or the fact that we're all broken, right? Yes. Rob, if I break up our friendship because, well, you've ticked me off, you know, th- that doesn't mean that we should just end being friends because of my happiness. But now if you do something unhealthy and I approach you on it and you don't choose to change, that's a whole different reason for approaching that. Like Matt yes. said, oftentimes when it comes down to pleasure, we do we make these decisions in isolation, you know, um, and we get caught up in our own heads and our own anger. Yeah. Well, I like Matt's because I was Matt's uh, illustration because I was thinking about that in your in your um, time as a personal trainer, you were focused you were focusing on healthy behaviors and choices, mm-hmm. not diet. Mm-hmm. Correct. But what I see is we're all focusing on diet, right? And then we're completely, to your point, decimated when the numbers on the scale are going up, and I'm not. I get frustrated. I'm not happy with myself or with others, and then I give up. Yeah, I, I would say I'm not happy with myself. There's the self-talk, you know, piece. Um, the pursuit of happiness, so our declaration of independence, Yeah, you know, the idea that we hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable, that all men are created equal and independent, you know, that from an equal creation, they derived rights and inherent and inalienable, and among all which the preservation of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? It's, it was in the original constitution as something that they didn't have before. Yes. I mean, we're a very young country, but they, they put specifically in this, we deserve the right to pursue happiness. Now, my interpretation of that is independence from tyranny, independence from, I mean, look at Russia, Putin, you know, dictatorship, like Religious freedom. You're not the boss of me. Leave me alone. That's about control. And uh, I have I have the right to be me. Right. I, I think I think the healthy version of this is I do have the right to pursue me. Happiness. I I I look at that. I agree. Look at the words that are around that. If you read it again, look at the concepts that are around there. Yeah. And the context was they were rebelling against England, a country that was trying to control them. Yeah. Happiness is a result of self-control, not the pleasure that pushes that out of reach. Like like drugs or alcohol. The more I drink, the less control I have. What you thinking, Ashley? I got a couple of thoughts. Um You know, and I always hesitate, especially being married to a social studies history person. Um, I'm a little worried about the words that are going to come out of my mouth next because I might be (laughs) wrong. Um, You're being judged. uh, Well, so when we think about that Constitution, you know, Matt, I I reflected on our conversation previous this week when I brought an ethical situation to you and said, is this, should I report this, should I not? And Mm -hmm. we talked about the spirit of mandated reporting, basically. And when I think of the Declaration of Independence, that pursuit of happiness was in line with also respecting others and others' rights. I think where pleasure and happiness, and maybe this is a false distinction, but sometimes we sacrifice so much for others' respect 
others' boundaries for our own pleasure. Does that make sense? Say that again. I don't really know what, like, I kind of know what I'm trying to say, but, you know, you brought up the Declaration of Independence, and if we put it in context of the U.S. coming out of, you know, trying to be obviously independent from Britain's rule, they're trying to establish their own boundaries. And we have the law to keep others as well as ourselves safe. But a lot of times, pleasure is only about ourselves. And it doesn't take into account other people. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. I think that's one version of pleasure. Okay. No question. Mm-hmm. No question. Lust, I often say, is satisfying self at the expense of another. Yeah. Whereas yep. love is satisfying others at the expense of self. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, the pursuit of pleasure from a selfish perspective at the expense of others, yeah, I would say would be illegitimate. Okay. Self-serving in an illegitimate way. Mm-hmm. But I think there's room that I can experience pleasure as part of my self-care plan. Yes. That restores life to me. Yes. In a legitimate way. And I'm trying to distinguish between those two. That pleasure, though, is in the context to Ashley's point of healthy relationship. It's not being utilized. I I don't, you know, this is mindful conversations. And we talk all the time. We don't have all this figured out. But the word that came to my mind is pleasure isn't being weaponized against. I'm not using the concept of pleasure as an explanation or happiness, the pursuit of happiness as a explanation to do something that I want to do just selfishly. What I think you're referring to is the the concept of pleasure in the context of a healthy relationship doesn't damage. It doesn't compromise. I, I think the line here is thin or it could be difficult to delineate. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we're having this conversation about. Again, Rob's point taken well. I'm not saying we have the answer. We're just pontificating here, trying to understand the concept of, of happiness, pleasure, and joy. Um, my thought is how to find that healthy view, especially from the Constitution. I like that I brought this up. <laughs> the, I need a pat in the back. <laughs> the, the idea that they were coming from tyranny, they were coming yeah. from oppression, and they didn't have happiness. So they were beginning a journey to say, what is happiness? Now America is drunk on selfishness. That happiness, that's exactly what I mean, they're drunk, right? Right, yeah. Look at this, entitled, just selfish. You know, we've lost our bearings in some regard. So I think... Self-control. I like how you tied it to self-control. Well, and I wasn't the first. Dr. Margaret Paul... Talks about, and um, I've got it right here in front of me, which is also part of this whole conversation, and I'll read it. She says, as we learn to shift our intent from controlling and not being controlled to becoming loving to ourselves and others, the heart opens and joy is the result. Deep and abiding happiness and joy are the natural result of operating from the spiritual values of caring, compassion, and kindness. When And I think she's on to something. To your point, that line of demarcation, the brain doesn't make good distinctions, so it's going to be hard to draw that line anyway. But when you connect happiness 
to the control or being controlled feature. And that's usually what it is. I'm justifying happiness at your expense because I want to go over here and do this other thing that's not healthy, that's not helpful to our relationship, and I don't care. I'm going to do what I want at our expense. Yeah, tying it back to my life is tied to relationships. Yeah. You've often said... We get wounded in relationship and we get healed in relationship. Oh, I believe that. I believe that with well, everything. Well, I hope you do. You're the one that said it. <laughs> <laughs> the first one. It's not original with me. Yeah, you don't get uh, you don't get a ticket to be on the island by yourself. No, you don't. But that's what I'm trying to articulate. The pursuit of happiness in the name of... When, really, when I call pleasure happiness, it is really about me not about us mm-hmm. and that 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 healthy perspective of um me versus us or i versus we that healthy perspective can include pleasure it can include happiness but i am a firm believer that happiness is connected to purpose not pleasure interesting because I'm trying to, we've talked again on this podcast, this program, a lot about self-care. And I'm I'm a big supporter of trying to find ways to give myself, like this morning before church, I went to church this morning, I'm a good person. <laughs> what are you saying about me? That's up to you, sister. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't call you, call you sister. Niece. Um, the idea that I went for a walk this morning because it was beautiful. It was 65 degrees. Yes. I went for a walk. Now, Odin is off at another dog show. So he's oh, that super, diva. super diva. So without him, I'm all by myself. But I got to go for a walk. And I certainly delighted in the walk. Delighted in the temperature. Delighted in the things I was seeing. Except this dog did come out like into the street and didn't like attack me. But I said, I need to carry mace because or a stick. Although I couldn't hit a dog. I could use mace to like spray the dog to save my leg, right? So the the reality, I experienced selfish pleasure. I don't know if that served anybody other than me. Oh, yeah. How did that act of pleasure, I could see it serving Deanne because it made me, I was in a better mood. Mm-hmm. That was where I was going to so go. So I thought. I'm going to bring a better version of me back to the house, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. As we're just talking about pleasure versus happiness and even, you know, mixing in joy. You know, Matt, you and I right before this had a brief conversation because I've been pretty fidgety today because the body doesn't feel the greatest. And I think about all the years of physical therapy. There is not an ounce of physical therapy that brought me pleasure. Right. But it brought me happiness. Even it would bring me joy, you know, and to not always have to do things because it brings us pleasure, right? But being able to look towards a long-term goal yeah, or a bigger perspective. Like, again, coming back to entitlement, I think another thing worth considering is even our distress tolerance. You know, we live in a pretty instant gratification. You know, we talked about people and pseudo-antidotes, being able to understand that sometimes we've got to, I dare say, and you guys can push back on this, sometimes we have to sacrifice pleasure for happiness in a healthy way, of course. 
Mm-hmm. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I, I think you're spot on. Pain is not the enemy. And your illustration about, you know, um, the physical therapy, you're, you're giving up something that you want for something you believe in. There's a greater value. There's a deeper meaning. There's a, a, a broader purpose for what you're doing that then leads the groundwork for you to be happy. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if we disclose a little yeah. context of, of the physical therapy? Yeah. Do you, you want me to fill that in? Obviously? It's your body. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I come from a, ba- well, not a background. I was born with it. I have cerebral palsy. Yeah. Specifically, I have spastic cerebral palsy um, and couldn't walk until I was six in a wheelchair off and on. You know, and I was, it was right after my son was born, so I was about 31, and I had a doctor look at me and said, chronic pain's going to be, from about 30 on, chronic pain is going to be a reality for you. And although that was true, I was really blessed to find a physical therapist who thought out of the box, Mm -hmm. and she also owns a gym. And so she began working with me, and she was the first one to say, you haven't hit your ceiling yet. You know, meaning that I haven't reached all that I could do physically. But a lot of, I mean, I get it. I wasn't even supposed to be born. It's two pounds, one ounce. Wasn't supposed to live. I've already accomplished a lot. Come on, girl. That, (laughs) you know, it was just one of those things that, you know, okay. Again, that sense of entitlement. I wasn't even supposed to live. So I come into this world with a much different view than Mm. what others might. And so, but being able to understand even now going to the gym as a professional, as a busy mom, sometimes going to the gym feels selfish, but it's something that needs to happen in order to maintain where I want to be without other things taking over, like chronic pain, like having to go. I'm not by any means um, speaking ill of medicine. I always think there's a time and a place, but at 35, I'll just share that. It's not a place where I want to be yet. Mm-hmm. You know, if ever, but I do know that as I get older, that might need to shift a bit. But, you know, there's just been so many times of having to sacrifice the immediate pleasure for that more you, long-term happiness. You're submitting yourself to the regimen of physical therapy yes. where they are pressing into your body and it doesn't feel great. No. Right? And then the result is something... That pays dividends? It does. You know, that helps you with the happiness. Yes. Like, I'm happy I did that after the fact. Right. Or even a more long-term goal. I mean, yesterday we took the kids to John Ball Zoo. I can tell you three years ago, walking around the zoo, especially with some of the inclines and declines, that would have been really, really difficult on my low back. Yeah. And yesterday was decent. Yeah. It wasn't like, I wasn't totally wrecked by the end of the day. You guys see me today. I'm not wrecked today. I'm functioning, you know, and it's been able to find that happiness. And honestly, the biggest happiness is getting to wrestle my very active four-year-old and keep up with him. Yeah. You know, we do have to teach him like, hey, you can't just jump off the couch onto mom's neck. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, we have had to teach him a little distinction between playing with dad versus playing with mom. Yeah. You know, but getting to do that or even being able to horseback ride again with my daughter, that is... I want to say that's that's beyond happiness, and that's joy. That's just pure joy of 
getting to engage in those things. Wow. Okay. So I'm linear like you. Rob, <laughs> Rob is not. He's whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I just saw you move through the decision to deal with your pain through physical therapy. Right. To find more conditioning. You're happy about the result. Mm-hmm. And then you're experiencing, back to Rob's point, relationship with, with children, your daughter, and having the opportunity to horseback ride. And now it's joy. Mm-hmm. And that she just illustrated really well my point. Happiness is connected to purpose, not pleasure. Her, the purpose of her delaying instant gratification and pleasure serves a greater purpose in connecting her to her kids and that happiness. And so the purpose of physical therapy facilitated the happiness, not only in the moment, but for the future. She just illustrated it. She was at John Ball. And she's not paying as high a price today as she would have had she not done, mm-hmm. had, she, mm-hmm. had her focus been s- purely on pleasure or confusing happiness and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Or to your point, entitlement. You deserve to be happy, so you don't have to go to the gym and work out. Mm-hmm. Or even some of that instant gratification. Again, I don't want anybody out there to hear me say anything that meds don't have their place because they do. You know, I would get quicker physical pleasure in some ways because the pain comes down if I take, you know, the muscle relaxers or the painkillers. You know, that helps take the pain away quicker than what getting up every day and going or not every day that's a lie I do not go to the gym every day let's be honest um you know but every day I am active yes every day I am stretching that is hands down mandatory but there are other things to bring me quicker pleasure you know when the pain decreases than what some of the more difficult things that honestly bring me more long-term happiness mm-hmm. And that connects happiness to maturity, your ability to delay gratification, to see a bigger picture, mm-hmm. and then to pursue that because you have the capability, the desire to want to. And then the div- the dividend of that is happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we've, we're coming, yeah, it's, it's the end of our podcast time, but I think we're ending on a note that makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to the two of you and to those who are listening. But I think at this point, I like how it's connected to purpose. That's helped to clarify that my life, although I have to submit myself to maybe difficulty, it can produce happiness for me in the form of I'm glad I went for my walk or I'm glad I sacrificed this in order to spend time with my wife and the result ultimately is an outcome that benefits not just me but somebody else and that's that's the fulfillment of joy yeah that something happened that was meaningful to the world around me any other thoughts from the two of you as we finish up today the only one i have is is odin gonna be at the american kennel he <laughs> club dog show he's, he's gotta start paying his way <laughs> that's exactly right Buttercup. i mean he's 
He's doing more travel than the three of us combined. Yeah, I mean, he was in he was in Kentucky. Now he's in Ohio. Yeah, the guy is he's a he's, superstar. I hope I can get his signature when he gets back. <laughs> Not to brag, but uh, I was just in the Caribbean, so I've got him beat. Oh, okay. Ashley's winning the game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been wonderful being with both of you. Thanks for participating on this conversation about happiness, joy, um, you know, the idea of fulfillment. And we hope that you have found this to be a mindful conversation that will continue on. May the pursuit of happiness be yours. May you find joy in the fulfillment of purpose in your life. Thanks for joining us.